Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Take Talk podcast here with myself my name is Abhya Kanwar I am the host of this podcast if you're new here welcome to the podcast and hi so before really getting on to what this episode is going to be about I'm just going to talk you know I really really like this format because it's just me being so comfortable with you guys now like i remember the first time i ever thought of doing a podcast i was like man why would i why would i even want to say something into a mic that's so weird <laughs> like it'll just be weird for me but at this point now that i'm speaking in front of the mic i'm so comfortable because it just feels like home to me i feel like i i can you know vent and rant about well economic related things and otherwise <laughs> in front of you guys and it feels so good and so comfortable and so warm it feels really homely and i just wanted to thank all of you because of that and all the support that i've received over the podcast about the podcast over well the few weeks that it's been running and i can tell you that i really am i really want to like connect with the people who listen to all of you listening to the podcast i really want to connect with you ask how you feel you know get down have a full conversation and yeah <laughs> but yeah and uh, i i i just wanted to say that even though you know okay i'm genuinely not like a, a a huge sleeper and i'm like i'm i don't sleep a lot i don't particularly like sleeping i know you guys please please don't like get on top of my case because i know people love to sleep i'm not an insomniac but i guess i'm sort of like ho- <laughs> i'm sort of hovering in the middle <laughs> but i don't like to sleep a lot but today i don't know why i just felt like i just want to kick back in my bed and you know those few days you just want to lie down and relax and not worry about all the shit in the world and <laughs> you just want to you just want to enjoy it and have some peace of mind and i really really wanted that today but i i guess uh, the reason why i'm here right now at 2:30 am <laughs> literally screaming at the top of my lungs while there are people sleeping <laughs> throughout the world i i just feel so good right now while recording even though i am a little tired because of the fact that you know i am more comfortable with this scenario i i like i like speaking and I like speaking without the stress of having to prove something to someone. I can just speak, and you guys can well agree or disagree that. So you can let me know, yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> but I like the scenario a lot, and it feels really comfortable, which is why I'm here. I'm here, of course, to make content for all of you. So yeah. But anyway, enough of me blabbering. So, <laughs> um, enough of me blabbering. Now we're gonna get on to the actual topic of this episode, which is. discussing a very special economy to in my eyes and a lot of economists say it is an anomaly of sorts in in the way that it doesn't follow any economic precedent set by any country that we've seen it really just like has made its own history it's completely set its own narrative and it's so crazy to see the journey that it's been through and the state in which it's right now despite all that it has been through and the economy that we're talking about right now is the japanese economy we're going to be talking about japan how the economy started how it got to where it is right now and what it can do from now on like what it can do to help to you know help save <laughs> i i won't obviously give tips on how to save japan but you know maybe um 
possible solutions as to how uh, they can solve their problems. And yeah, that's about it. So we're going to be talking about Japan as a whole. So um, starting out on where Japan is, we need to first understand where it really came from, how the, the economy really started. And that we have to go back to understand that we have to go back to post World War Two era. So World War Two really set Japan back in terms of uh, you know the the quality of social and economic life in the country the the resources of the country were completely depleted while it did still have human capital it really was really low on um, resources so this they decided to bank on the fact that they have people who are determined who are efficient at working who are quite loyal as well so the japanese people they really boosted their productive potential in the sense that they became a manufacturing hub the basically what china is today japan was about 40 years ago and they were doing a, a, a really good job at it and they, they were doing an incredible job at it and it was going all well until the point where the us said no we're going to have to se- we're going to have to step in we want to be uh, self reliant on manufacturing we want our producers to be just as um, benefited as the japanese producers because obviously the us of course wanting its own good over the other countries <laughs> so what the us tried to do was that it tried to make its own currency um well cheap it tried to deplete the value of its own currency so that the us american goods would be more cost competitive and the the producers would be more competitive in global and domestic markets so again forex 101 <laughs> if you reduce the value of your own currency if in a system in a in a in a monetary system uh, a central bank reduces the value of its domestic currency its goods of course the country's goods will become cheaper and thus people will want to buy more of those goods so exports due to that will increase the us did exactly that and according to the plaza accord which was set forth by the us and i think five other countries uh including well eu countries and japan they decided that the us would be devalued in uh, well in relation to the japanese yen now the japanese well of course it appreciated and so did the people the japanese people's wealth overnight so people became super wealthy overnight they had so much money in their savings which was worth a lot more now so japan in 1985 and so 1985 onwards this the plaza accord was signed in um 1985 so 1985 onwards japan went on a total shopping spree and when i tell you shopping spree i mean june first week like summer <laughs> summer sale shopping spree <laughs> yeah yeah so the, because the people's money were, was worth so much people were being extremely uh, flamboyant in their uh, in their in their spending so when it comes to tourism tourism was booming uh, from from japanese tourists uh, so was investment in 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 land assets in stocks uh and so was consumption so all of these really brought up japan's consumption like households started to spend a lot more money they had more money so of course they would want to spend that people started to invest and that essentially happens because 
the demand of consumption goods they rose and because of the fact that the price of all these uh, land assets as i mentioned stocks and yet again yet again consumption goods it rose people obviously um uh, experienced inflation now the problem came when in 1989 the bubble it burst so when we consider land prices we just talked about land prices being um uh, being inflated due to the increased uh, investment and even stocks for that matter so when the bubble burst the prices of these land assets they completely depleted and when i say that these land assets were increased uh, were were increasingly getting inflated i mean that if you take a 100 and this is a metric that i've heard uh and well seen quite a lot i don't know how to well quantitatively verify it but i will just take the word of it because it was from a reliable source if you took a 100 dollar bill from 1989 100 1989 uh, money and you place it over a land any piece of land a commercial zone land in tokyo the land that the bill covers will be worth more than the bill itself and i was just so no- astonished i was like what dude a 100 dollar bill is not very huge it's 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 not more than what like 10 cm long i presume 10 to 15 cm that's not much land and i was just thinking that it was crazy so essentially the bubble burst all these prices they plummeted so the value of the land assets and the stocks they plummeted and people had invested so much money in them right now they obviously were overpriced people had invested in stuff that was overpriced so the demand of those goods they decreased moreover because the bubble burst deflation happened people wanted to invest less and spend less so savings had completely depleted the the currency had had lost a, a, a big chunk of its value people had lost a big chunk of their spend of their savings because of that they wanted to spend less and this vicious cycle of deflation really like started to set in where there is less spending so um a less production less supply because of that less income and because of that yet again less spending and less demand of goods and blah 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 so this goes on deflation happens and this set into japan so 1990s the the country entered the decade with this huge loss on its hand and uh, a huge um, weight on its shoulders and that's what happened so deflation was the the very problem that plagued japan for the 1990s which is also known as the lost decade but that is what happened now the issue was that as much as you might think deflation's a good thing because oh goods are getting cheaper right so i can purchase for for me an average consumer i can purchase goods for less so oh my god that is that's also indian <laughs> but uh the average consumer would obviously want to buy a particular good for less money but the problem is for the country this isn't good because if you are getting less money for your goods goods are getting cheaper then my me being a producer me being uh you know someone who is manufacturing those goods i won't get the money that i need to make them therefore i'll be discouraged i won't be earning that much money and there will be no no goods left for you to buy no consumption goods and consumption goods we've learned are as necessary as capital goods in any economy so that is what happened that 
deflation really alarmed a lot of economists in Japan it uh, alarmed all authorities it alarmed uh, the bank of japan which is the central bank and it really j- did scare all these central authorities financial authorities so what they really wanted to do was that they wanted to bring the value of the yen up and they wanted to get people to spend more so that inflation can happen and from a deflatory sense the country can go to like a reasonable stable level of 2 to 3% of inflation now to do that what does a country do they inject more money into the market right so if there's more money to spend people will be more uh, well confident in their consumption people consumer confidence will rise uh cpi will rise demand for goods will rise and thus their price will also rise inflation kicks in now the problem came that when any economy there are first of all there are multiple ways of injecting money right into an any economy the two ways that the the boj it really followed and which modern economies do follow is that first they reduce their interest rates their interest rates now in this attempt what countries will be aiming for is that if interest li- if, if interest rates i cannot speak <laughs> if interest rates are low people will be more likely to borrow from the bank and spend that and invest that in in other things so this will obviously bring up consumer spending and it will also bring up consumer confidence in the sense that people won't have to worry about paying back a huge amount of interest along with the loan of course along with the principal now the second way in which a country can uh increase consumer spending in any economy will be through will be through buying back assets so for example if there are any any shares in the market available or if there are any land assets available on the market and i am the central authority i want there to be more money in the hands of producers in the hands of consumers so that they can spend and they can invest now to give them that money i will obviously have to exchange something for it so i will bank those i will buy those assets and i will give them the money and that is exactly what the bank of japan did it started to buy back all these assets that were, that were on the market so um stocks so portfolio stocks um land assets all these kinds of things they started to buy it back this is called quantitative easing by the by that's the phenomenon and they really attempted to and did their best to try to bring about inflation to try to increase consumer spending so the the, the economy could be brought back to a stable level but the problem is that japan it, this is the 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 uh, the the special part the crazy part about japan now even though you inject money into the country of japan the problem with japan is that a the corporate ladder is so crowded that all these workers they're not able to ask for um ask for bonuses ask for raises in their in their in their in their wage because of that businesses are not going to invest in wages businesses are reluctant on investing in uh production to increase their production to increase prices of their goods because the japanese people have this mindset that even if they do increase the prices it is crazily 
well discouraged by the public to the point where japanese companies even put out ads and 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 campaigns apologizing for an increase in the prices of their goods so the the very price level of goods on average remains extremely stable extremely stagnant in japan and that is what happened stagnation that goods they never increased in price businesses didn't want to increase the prices of their goods because that's disregarded by the by the people of japan that's that's not well socially um acceptable in that construct and they the, the corporate ladder is so crowded there is there, there is so much um of population because japan is the kind of country where uh, any employee they usually stay with their company for years and years and you see uh, an employee that has stayed with their company for decades so that kind of culture that kind of work culture it's so cemented that there is absolutely impossible to get even the slightest amount of change in it when it comes to wages investments anything so the problem was even though the bank of japan it did um invest buy back all these uh, assets and give inject money into the system it was it was absolutely of no use because the businesses that got this amount of money instead of investing and making their their goods more competitive making their goods more uh, costly the issue that came was in, in, uh, ma- making their goods more cheaper sorry not costly that costly will obviously decrease consumer spending cheaper will increase consumer spending the the thing was that instead of doing all these things these businesses they just gave back to the investors they just gave back to the investors in form of dividends and the investors are the bank of japan the bank of japan is like we don't want the money we're supposed to not take the money you guys should want the money and spend it <laughs> and that is the issue that japan faces this level of stagnation because of this box that it's been set in the population is aging workforce is aging any changes in the corporate construct the corporate system is absolutely well impossible because of the fact that it's so uh, slow paced it's so well time consuming to get from a certain level to another and the third is that consumer construct the, the consumer market in japan is so so tight that it is absolutely impossible to shift it through any um any any external well forces so even if the government tries to intervene and slap on like tariffs on 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 a particular product or try to make it cheaper there will be a problem held by the the public they will say well no we're not used to this we don't want this so that is the issue that japan encountered and another problem was that japan it lost its manufacturing edge from china china is now obviously the manufacturing hub they they produce everything super low cost and japan has fallen off japan used to be the leader in manufacturing consumer ele- electronics and automobiles and vehicles now it's well behind germany and china and the issue and the usa almost and the issue is that japan right now is such an inefficient economy when it comes to their workforce their their labor their 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 population that it's supporting a structure that is so rigid that it can collapse any minute and you wouldn't be able to do anything about it and it's just it's just stuck in this weird place where 
it's not able to get out by any means possible and that is the issue that i feel plagues japan that that it is stuck in this loop this forever loop because of the way that it's well built through, through no through no fault of its own it's just that uh, people naturally came to the state where 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 society is a little more uh, a, a little more rigid in terms of uh, its demands and this is the problem that japan i feel is encountering today and the problem that it needs to solve so yeah that's about my views on it that's that's about what i understood and that's i hope well enough to cover it's it's a really it's a really vast topic i tell you guys it's impossible for me to cover in entire economy so of course it's going to be difficult for me to condense all of that into 20 minutes but at the same time i'm trying to get across all the important points the, the narrative so you guys can understand but yeah that's about it from my place i hope you guys enjoyed this episode um please share the the podcast if you guys liked it share it follow it and follow the instagram page as well it's at the trade talk uh dots between a third trade and trade talk anyway <laughs> uh this is a little shout out anyway thank you all for listening and i'll see you guys in the next one